Hello, and welcome to Cultural Conversations with the International Hub. We are committed to helping you navigate global business. Throughout this series, we will have conversations with global business professionals and experts. Hi, my name is Sarah Capisi, and I am here with Robert Carlyle, a physician who has lived and worked in Japan. Robert, can we get started by learning a little bit about your background? For instance, where you grew up, where you went to school, and your career path? I was born in Japan, in Nagoya. My father was a civilian who worked for the Air Force, and so we were like a military family. I lived in Idaho after being born, then in Hawaii, then in Japan for five years from the age of 11 to 16, where we went to the schools and lived near the U.S. Air Base in Tokyo, Japan. Then I finished high school in Hawaii, went to the Army for three years, and was stationed in Germany came back and went to the University of Hawaii for uh, undergraduate, majoring in microbiology, and then to the medical school at the University of Hawaii, where I graduated in 1987. After that, I went to the University of Utah for five years and did a urology residency. Since then, I have returned to Hawaii since 1992 and been in private practice in urology. It's through this practice and the affiliation with the hospital where I work that I've been able to meet and do research with Japanese urologists. What kind of work did you do with the urologists? I met the urologists when they came here as fellows at the Queen's Medical Center in Honolulu. They spent one to two years doing research primarily in the pathology department. The pathologist who was originally from Japan asked me to meet and also to work with these Japanese urologist, and that's how my our affiliation started and has continued to this day. Would you say that you've done any sort of preparation, I mean culturally and, and I guess communication-wise, to work with these doctors? I failed to mention that my mother is Japanese, and so growing up, I was exposed to the Japanese culture and living in Japan, of course, exposes one to the Japanese culture. Our mother taught us Japanese at home, and so I was familiar with the Japanese culture and some of the cultural norms and values and so forth through my home life and through living in Japan as a teenager. Regardless of that, did you ever find that there were miscommunications between you and other people? Yes, I remember one specific instance when one of the urologists asked me to review his 
response to a paper he was asked to review and I never got got it done because a whole bunch of things came up. Of course, that's not an excuse, but I remember that he, instead of coming out and saying, you didn't do what I asked you to do, he said, I'm, he wrote me this letter that said, I'm so sorry to have bothered you and burdened you with this task that was not possible for you to uh, do, and I'm sorry to cause you so much burden. And I understood reading between the lines that he was saying, you know, you didn't do what I asked you to do, and I thought you'd help me. But I understood that what the letter said and what the message was was different. Yeah. And I felt very bad about that. You mentioned reading in between the lines. What exactly do you mean by that? Well, for instance, in Japan, in Japanese language and culture, it's they avoid saying no directly to someone, at least in, in polite language. So sometimes I would ask them, can you do this or can you come to this meeting or can you, and if I realize that if I don't get a direct yes, it means no. Mm. They say, well, it's, I have to check my schedule or it's, it's, it's very difficult, but I will see. I mean, when they stay, it's very difficult, but I will see means no. Mm. If they say yes, they'll say yes. How is negative feedback given in this culture? And was it, I mean, I know that you grew up in a, in a Japanese home, but was that similar to how you were used to getting feedback? Well, negative feedback is if one were within a Japanese group in which one was a part of the social interaction, whether it's at work or whether it's family, uh, there will be no problem with people giving you direct feedback the way we're used to in Western society. But if you were outside, like a foreigner, like I was, if you were, or if you were not a member of the family and so forth, if you were outside that group, then you were going to either not get an answer or get a very vague answer or occasionally you might get a, a direct answer if they they feel like it. But um, I'm also reminded of uh, one of the sayings that they have, at least in the past, have commonly used in Japan, in which when they meet someone, they'll say, oh, won't you come to my house? <laughs> but that means uh, it's a polite way of, of of saying that, but they don't really mean come to my house. They actually mean don't come to my house. <laughs> if they want you to come to their house, they will give you a detailed map and a phone number and so forth on how to get to their house. One of the professors that is my patient was traveling in Japan and was this was 
40 years ago and was on a ferry in the Inland Sea and he got to talking to a professor who, it was a Japanese professor who, and they got to talking and the professor who lived in Kyushu and actually said that, oh, won't you come and stay at my home? And so they did. They went there for six weeks and stayed and he said, well, it seemed like the professor's wife didn't really like like us being there too much because she made us do everything exactly the way a Japanese would and so forth. And I didn't have the heart to tell him that uh, you probably shouldn't have taken up that invitation. <laughs> I'm wanting to switch gears a little bit to behavior. How did the different beliefs and values, whether secular or religious, uh, affect your interactions with the Japanese doctors that you worked with? Well, I, as I mentioned, uh, a lot of times when we're trying to coordinate activities or meetings and so forth, it's a little bit difficult to, um, or not difficult, but at least to know when something is is a go and when something is a no-go. Um, I've also found that the Japanese are such gracious hosts that they will really go out of their way to accommodate a guest. And that's happened multiple times when we go to Japan and we meet or have dinner with the urologist there. They will all take times out of their schedule and also I'm, I've noticed that personally pay for rather expensive entertainment and so forth. I've also, on the, on the converse side, it's made me very cognizant of the, the fact that when we do have meetings in Hawaii, that we uh, do everything we can to accommodate them and to make sure that we return the gracious hospitality that they have given us whenever we've been in Japan. And so at least the group of physicians, there's mainly three of us who work a lot with these Japanese doctors. We really make a concerted effort to set up things so that they'll be appropriate. In other words, returning what we feel is, is gracious hospitality. We want them to uh, be also feel the same when they come here to Hawaii and are received in the same manner. Um, it's a little easier on our part because they have, most of them have lived here before to do research. The, um, the other thing that is, again, is because they won't say no, because they won't say they'll politely ask you, uh, have you gotten those patients screened yet? They, they will not come out and scold you. Uh, so if you get a notice that, oh, by the way, what about this? Uh, I realize I better jump on it because that's a way of saying uh, you're not doing what you need to be doing. But it's really neg never in a negative context. And so as a result, try to be very accommodating to their requests also because they are so accommodating to mine.
in a Japanese society, how are employees expected to communicate with their superiors and their leaders? And are people there comfortable approaching the leadership or a very strict hierarchical way of, of doing things? I know that the language used to speak to a superior is very polite and the superior will speak to the subordinate with more common language. And I've noticed this in the hierarchy of the urology uh, academic department and that the chair of the department, the, the professor of the department, really wields an extraordinary amount of uh, influence. And I've noticed that if you are in the good graces of the chairman, that and I've seen this in a, in the urology department and how the urologists I've interacted are very well qualified to chair the department, but because the chairman had such great influence and favored someone else who, truthfully, if it would have been in a Western academic setting, he would have never been the chair, uh, given these other colleagues' qualifications and experience. Uh, but I've seen that the influence of the head of the department was so great that a mediocre uh, person became the leader, the chair of the department, despite the fact that there were very well-qualified colleagues who are the ones I know available. In fact, the other urology institutions throughout Japan almost looked toward my research colleague as being the, I guess he's the de facto chair, because they anything they need done, they go through him, or with regards to research, which is very interesting. But that just goes to my understanding that the boss in or the head of a Japanese corporation yields almost absolute power. I know that's probably changing to a certain extent, but not greatly as, as from my limited observations. Do you have any advice for a business person or a doctor or other professional who's planning to work in Japan? I would recommend that they read some books about Japanese culture and there's, and I've actually read several of those also, that talk about how to act in Japanese society. It's, and, you know, you can go online or you can go to a bookstore and look under Japanese culture. And there's specifically books for businessmen who are going to Japan. And that's what I would recommend. They read at least one or two of these books and then it'll be easier for them to understand what's going on when they go there, when things seem to be going just right at the outset, but then as they see it, think in a Western setting that they're hearing all the right words and so forth, but after a time, they find out that the deal didn't go through, that things aren't working out, and it's because they don't understand, as you mentioned, the cultural communication mm -hmm. that even extends into the business realm.
that would be described as tatemai and honne, right? Like, what's on the outside and then what's on the inside. How have you been able to overcome what's just in the front to be able to find what's deeper? Well, I also I realize that I'm never going to be on the inside because as a foreigner, it's impossible. But I also have come to realize that there are certain interactions with Japanese, these especially these urologists that I know, that they've kind of opened their door and let us in to a certain extent. We can never be fully a part of their family or culture, but several of these urologists have allowed family members to come in. They've allowed us to stay at their houses, which is a big deal. And, <laughs> and uh, also they've come to understand Western culture, and so they understand where we're coming from, where I'm coming from, when we speak of things. Hmm. And this is, I mean, this has been with both of us trying to work together and trying to work through misunderstandings and so forth. I'm very fortunate that the urologists that I've come to know have been very polite, very gracious, and very forgiving of my gross faux pas that I've done multiple times in our relationships. Well, thank you very much for sharing. Do you have any last words? I would highly recommend to anyone going not only to Japan, but to China or wherever, I would highly encourage you to work overseas because it is something that is humbling, but it's also eye-opening because you know, it helps one to realize that the United States is not the center of the universe, that going outside of your own country broadens your uh, cultural your and your world view and it's helped me to understand that there's more than one way to solve a problem cross-culturally and and it's a very rewarding experience and I would encourage it to anyone who has the opportunity to go work overseas or travel overseas thank you very much Robert be sure to join us next time when we learn from the perspective of a German professor. For more information about global business and culture, visit www.internationalhub.org and be sure to subscribe to Cultural Conversations with International Hub. Thanks for listening and join us next time.